Good morning, everybody. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abelson Hyman Hodgolan Meats. We taste better. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat it, eat at restaurants, anything food-related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes. I cater for people for Shabbat, for Yom Tov, for Pesach, small parties. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, I am your gal. I hope that you'll tune in every week and hear about my cooking adventures, my kosher food traveling, and sharing of great food ideas and recipes this week. But I want to hear about your experiences too. So you can email me at naomi at nachumsegel.com. You can join my Facebook page, um, the fan page, The Aussie Gourmet. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and you can even sign up now on, with, my with my newsletters on my website, theaussiegourmet.com. So this should be a conversation. So if you have anything you want to ask me or share with me, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you as well. Um, so just a little bit about my adventures this week. Um, the fish plate in Cedarhurst has got an amazing lunch special. People actually think I have shares in there because I'm in there so often. They have a great lunch special for $8.99, soup and a salad for $8, and the salad is piled high and a huge bowl of soup for $8.99. It's crazy cheap. A wrap, huge tuna wrap and soup, $8.99. Um, you can get all the like deep fried salmon patties and fish sticks and all that too, but you know, we're trying to be healthy as well. So maybe they'll, for winter break, you'll bring the kids there um, for some nice lunch out with them. But that's really delicious. And I also went this week to Paradise. Oh, my goodness. In It's out in Brooklyn. Um, it's a small dishes restaurant. And I'm going to have to bring Alain Kornblum on to talk about why small dishes has become so popular. It's basically like you order lamb for your main course, but it's enough for one person for like a half a Half of one person. So you have to order between four people. We ordered 12 dishes. We went with our friends Allison and Ari Gross. And we had the best night sharing. It's a food experience. And if you're looking for something different, you want to go to a steakhouse and get a steak, it's just yours by yourself. Or maybe you share with your hubby. But this, everyone was changing and moving around plates. We had the coolest, funkiest beer ever. I cannot remember the name of it. I took a picture. I'll, I'll put it on my Instagram page um, if you want to take a look. It was like a sweet, candied beer. It was unbelievable. Um, so just a big shout-out to Paradise. Today we're going to be having a show dedicated to Tubishvat. I know that Tubishvat was technically uh, Thursday, which was yesterday. But um, I thought, you know, with all the moving around of snowstorms and we had a live show and this got bumped, Tubishvat got bumped to this Friday, I thought we couldn't not do a fruit and wine pairing. I have the most incredible team with me today with who else would I have? Not, who else would I not? I'm really tongue-tied right I am really tongue-tied right now. I don't know what's wrong with me today. You I've can't got, even say tongue-tied. I, I can't even say tongue-tied. tongue-tied you want. And I haven't had a sip of wine yet. Well, but let's I, fix that. We'll fix that. We have Jay Booksbaum <clears throat> in the studio and I have Chaya Frischman also in the studio. Hi, Chaya Frischman is from Fruit Platters and More out in Cedarhurst. She's been a guest many, many times on our show and she's not only a uh, brilliant uh, speaker, She's a fabulous writer, and we'll talk a bit, little bit about more some of her um, latest issues, um, latest articles and several issues that she's been writing for. Um, but Jay is the C- Chief Educational Officer, we call him, <laughs> Super Somalier. Miriam Wallet calls you Super Somalier. Don't just don't call me drunk. Just don't call you drunk. <laughs> My mother always says, just don't call me late for dinner. Yeah. Um, but I have on the line now, and we're going to switch to over to Russell Robinson. Now, Russell Robinson is the CEO of JNF. And when I was putting together my show and I had some great ideas, I, you know, I was writing and thinking about Tubishvat or my experiences growing up. And, you know, in Australia, quite often, um, Tubishvat is the first week of school. It's the end of the summer. So sometimes it can fall out late January this year. It's, um, middle of January. But it's, and it's quite often, if it's late summer, it coincides with like sometimes the first week of school. And we always do a tree planting at, um, Mariah, where I went to school in Sydney, Australia, Mariah College. Um, college in Australia, um, refers anything from kindergarten through high school. So, um, I went to Mariah College for like, I don't know, 15 years, it feels like. <laughs> I'm from kindergarten, from three-year nursery all the way through HSE. Uh, that's year 12. Um, and we always used to plant trees. Um, and then I thought about the tree planting. Then I thought J&F. J&F, 
um, Jewish National Fund, also known as Keret KM at Israel, um, used to come into Sydney. Um, well, they, of course, they're in Australia. And we would get, like, in, in the elementary school, we would get these um, little cards and you would bring in literally every Friday for Zedaka five cents. And on these cards were trees and you would get, if you gave in five cents, you got a, a sticker, which was a leaf that you would put on the tree. And, 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 um, which was on the card. And when your card with leaves got filled up, I hope I'm describing this well, um, you got to plant a tree in Israel. You got a certificate from the JNF because you bought in five cents every week. And back then, I guess that was worth, I guess, something. And, uh, we would, we would do tree plant. They would have a tree planting ceremony and you got your, your certificate and that was all very exciting. And then I thought, I got to have someone from JNF in to talk about, um, the amazing work that JNS has done for the last maybe over a hundred years, but I'm not exactly sure. So that's why we have Russell Robinson. Hello, Russell, J- uh, CEO of JNF, on the line with us. Hello, Naomi. After listening to all of the, your 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 food and your eating and your recipes, I'm very hungry. Oh, okay, you should come down maybe to the studio because we're having a lot of fun here. We're going to have a whole Tubishvat ceremony here. I, I wasn't invited. You told me I wasn't invited. Oh no, no, you are always invited. Okay. Okay, we have we have a friend Stephen Bach in common. Stephen never invites me either. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I'll have to talk to Stephen about that. Um, thank you very much for joining us on today. Thank you for having us. Okay, can we talk a little bit about the history of the JNF and how long you've been around? Because you know it's not just since 1948. No, it's not since 1948. It's a, it's a, it's a, what you said. We're over 100 years old. We're matter of fact 113 years old prior to the state of Israel. And that's really how tree planting even became part of uh, the JNF message. Uh, JNF was purchasing land for the Jewish people prior to the state of Israel. And as we were purchasing land, it was under Ottoman law at the time. And under Ottoman law, you had to either live on your land or plant on your land. Uh, grow on your land, and we were planting trees that we'd bring pine trees from the from the uh, black forests of of Europe, and they would plant pine trees really as a as a way to holding on to the land. Then they discovered how growing trees was part of watershed management and forestation and beauty and environment, and so planting of trees became an accidental. Uh, issue for the Jewish National Fund that became now, after 112 years, 250 million trees hand-planted throughout the land of Israel. That's unbelievable. Who's planting all those trees? Volunteers? So it even started as as we got into the tree planting, the holding on to the land, one of the other uh, responsibilities that we took you, during the, the mass immigration to Israel from immigrants that came on magic carpet rides in the 1950, people who came from the ashes of the Holocaust, you had to employ people. And so part of the JNF uh, um, uh, really uh, uh, opportunity was was hiring tens of thousands of people who would just be tree planters. You didn't have to know language. You just had to take a truckload of tree samplings and plant them. And that's why places like the Gilboa Mountains that nobody would believe with trees would be growing there have trees planted there because this was really the first employment opportunity for these new immigrants making the, the nation of Israel for the Jewish people. And today still hand-planted forest that is recognized by foresters from the U.S. Forest Service, from Canada, from around the world who want to come and see how a country like Israel, an arid country without water, is able to have 250 million trees and still planting 3 million a year. It's, it's um, 3 million trees a year go up in Israel. Yes. That's crazy. That's like represents half the population. Well, so we can grow that. That's, I, mean, I think there was a statistic that... Israel is the only country, only developed or even any country in the world, correct me if I'm wrong about this or correct me what the right statistic is, is the only country in the world that has been growing in forestation rather than declining in forestation. Is that right? Yeah, we the the 21st Makes century sense. we uh, you uh, we had you know just to give you a little relationship, Mark Twain was in uh, Israel in uh, the 1800s. Okay. And if you read the writings of Mark Twain in the late 1800s that he was there, he wrote, uh, I don't know who they promised this land to, but I would get it refunded. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was barren from all vegetation. Unbelievable. 
So now from the writing of Mark Twain, who was there in the late 1800s to today, 2014, where you have 250 million trees, Israel was the only country that ended the last century with more trees than it began. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's because we hear Only country in the world, right? Right. We, yes. We hear about deforestation. Am I saying it right? Deforestation. Deforestation. Um, all the time, and uh, and um, also known as building malls everywhere. And bi- what? Yeah, we're building malls and getting rid of our trees, right? And and uh, Israel's the only one that just plants and plants and plants. It's unbelievable. All over the world, JNF is everywhere, right? Every JNF is everywhere. But I got to just give you, a, if I may, stop you for a second on 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 uh, forestation, deforestation. But also, if you look around the world. And to tell you how important it is vegetation on, on the land and, and what does it mean to the people. It's not just the planting of a tree. And I think that's the beauty of Tubishvat. It's an opportunity to stop and to think about what are you doing for the land, for your land. What do you do for the beauty? And it's a beautiful thing about the Jewish people that we spend this moment in time uh, uh, to really recognize that. If you look at Ethiopian, and you look at Ethiopian pictures in the late 1950s, it was a green vegetation land. It wasn't desert. And if you go to Haiti today, it's been cut down, all the trees. And if you look at the polluted water issues and the floods and the death, it's all caused by not taking care of your land. And so it's not planting a tree only in the symbolic uh, uh, way of, of that we know as a Jewish people. It is really the Jewish people taking care and loving that piece of land that was given to us at the time of Lechlecha go forward from Abraham. I've got the chills. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I mean, you know, we've got a, we've got some wines here from Eretz Yisrael. Actually, we have one wine here from Eretz Yisrael that we're going to share with you for the Tubishvat um, feast. feast that we had yesterday, right? Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, we're going to make our own feast right here in the studio with some great wine, a wine a wine from Israel. A wine from Israel. And, and we have some wine from, from New York State. We have wine from the Pacific Northwest, which is um, Washington, Oregon. And we have wines from California. And I've got some olives from Israel and dates and tamarim and pomegranates. And I even have some dried etrog, which Chai Frischman told me I must pick up for this show. The best. So, Russell, we hope that you will be able to maybe duck downtown now. <laughs> I, now I'm going to have to get out of that cold and run downtown. I know. I know, Russell. Next year we have a date, okay? The four yeah, of us, and, and I, Russell, Hyatt, Jamie. Cold weather, and I think it's an important point because you know we're all suffering from this cold weather. It's an unbelievable time. Why Tuvishot was even picked this time? You go out today in the coldest uh, winter that we've had in decades, yeah. And go look at a tree here in New York City, and I want you to look up at the branches, and you will start seeing little buds coming out. This is that moment in which that root will start opening up and start taking in the little drops of water and start growing that tree. It's an unbelievable moment in time. Go look at it in the coldest area, Minnesota, New York, wherever you are, and you will see that this moment that was chosen is a moment in which the tree will start its growing period to give us that beauty that we'll have for the rest of the year. Hashem knows what he was doing when he was making this earth. Right? I had a great explanation of what it was. You want to tell us what that is, what uh, Tu B'Shvat <laughs> was? You, you mentioned it before off the air. Yeah, Tu B'Shvat, um, people think it's like, you know, Happy New Year's. Even if you look in the in the secular calendar, you know, we have New Year's. We have like the January 1st, and we also have like a new school year. So the concept of having more than one new year is, you know, is throughout the world. So the Torah has a many different New Year's. Um, we have Rosh Hashanah and we have Tu Bishvat, which is the new year of, for the trees, which is that's when the sap starts coming from under the ground and starting to rise in the trees. It's like when the birth of the possibilities of trees even, you know, flowering. So that's what Tu Bishvat is being celebrated, that sometimes we don't see things on the outside. That tree looks exactly the same, even though we see some buds here and there. But inside, there's like so much going on that we don't realize because of Tu Bishvat, that date, it's kind of like starting it. There are also halachic things that start specifically on Tu Bishvat of how we count how old the tree is. Um, you know, we, we think of the year of the first three years, you can't touch a tree, you can't take any fruits from it. So determining the date of what's considered a year within the year all begins on Tu Bishvat. So a tree that was born or planted the day before Tu Bishvat has a totally different status than the day after. an extra after. year, huh? Yeah, full extra year. You right, have so no idea how important that is to the wine business, too, because right. it's very expensive, Um to not harvest grapes for three years, 
And and so a lot of people just they plant at the very last moment. I'm, I didn't know what that was, and now I've just been informed. Oh, right. Thank also, you. Shemitah and Yovel and all those things all play into. It affects me because of my blueberry and cherry tree <laughs> in my house because we couldn't figure out when we could start eating them. Russell, you still there with us? Still here with you. Okay, because I, I think a lot of this is all tying into like you know the JNF has to do all this stuff. Do they plant fruit trees as well? We uh, plant we plant uh, almost uh, 25 different variety of trees today. We spend a lot of money even doing DNA uh, uh, um, scientific work to bring in trees from the time of the mission of back. So you could have almost 14 different varieties of fig trees that were planted, you know, from the time of the Mishnah. We have the apple trees that are growing that are, again, we, we did through DNA and, and scientific uh, uh, um, uh, research and development to bringing trees back. So it's one of the criticisms that people had given us for years as we planted pine forests. Uh, and it's from a lack of knowledge. But as knowledge was gained, we are bringing back the original trees of the land of Israel. That's unbelievable. I had no idea that they were doing that. There's actually a place um, when I was in Israel like last year called Neot Kedumim where they yes. they plant anything in Tanakh and they bring it to this place. And things that – it's true. Israel is miraculous. Things that could not grow in other countries or, or shouldn't even grow in Israel, they bring it to this place, Neot Kedumim, and they were able to plant trees that haven't existed in Right. I've never, I've never seen an Etrog tree in the United States, right? My father-in-law well, is trying to grow one. Actually, <laughs> Good luck have, with that. They're starting them in California, or they have started them in California, I believe. They're oh. very hard to grow. They're right. very hard. You need, you need that magic of Eretz Israel. Like, no it really is it. something magic. About I think food, it sounds really corny, um, being a big foodie. I think food tastes sharper in Israel than it does in the United States. I don't know. People look at me like I'm crazy, but it really does. I think I think there's a. I'm usually on vacation, so I have time to actually swallow and taste it in Israel. Right, so I right. can't tell you. Take what a moment, is. you know, smell right. the roses, smell, smell the food, you know, taste like the food. right, smell the air, everything. I have a friend who's a photographer, and they said they feel the light is different. Ruach Hakodesh is over there. So we're all being a little bit corny, but that's how we all feel. So you know. Russell, thank you very much for joining us this morning and share with us. Just one last thing before um, we say goodbye is how can people get involved with the JNF? How can they donate, etc.? So first off, uh, you know, uh, um, you go onto our website at www.jnf.org. That's www.jnf.org. You can call uh, 1-800-542-8733, 1-800-542-8733, and uh, call us and and ask us about getting involved. We have hundreds of thousands of volunteers. We have over 600,000 donors across the United States. We had a record-breaking campaign of $121 million last year. We are doing our... Our, our work on the Negev of bringing over 500,000 people to the Negev. We are the organization that has produced 12% water availability to Israel. We are doing our Go North campaign of bringing 300,000 people to Galil. So beyond planting trees, which we hope you do always, uh, that you could be involved with us and touch the entire breadth and scope of the land of Israel through Jewish National Fund. Absolutely beautiful. That's really moving, really touching, and I hope that people will reach out. I know that when my husband, I, I didn't, I didn't know that this was a thing that you could do. My husband said shiva last year, and we got many, many cards that people have planted trees in my father-in-law's memory. And then Jay, when when you were sitting, we sent to you because very sweet and and really meaningful. And and I think people appreciate that. You know, it's always nice to get a nice and, note, and but to have maybe a tree it's not planted in, in, perpetu- in perpetuity, it certainly is a long. You know, you can always feel like, wow, you know, there's something there. Right, it's Chaim. You yeah, know? it so, just keeps going on. Yeah, so I, I think that if people also want to think, you know, when it, if they want to send a card or a, a, a plant a tree in someone's memory, that's, you know, they can go onto the JNF website and do that. Absolutely, and uh, or just call directly, like I said, 1-800-542-8733. Thank you very much. That was Russell Robinson for joining us. Thank you. All right, take care. Okay, that was Russell Robinson. I love that name, Russell Robinson. I know. Nice it's, Jewish boy, it's Russell right? Robinson. It's like Naomi bit. Nachman, like the alliteration. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you're listening to Table for Two on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, our show is sponsored by Abelson Hyman and Hod Lavan, Hod Golan, Hod Golan Meats. Uh, we taste better. Yeah, we've had uh, some very exciting uh, shows uh, over the last year, uh, coming up to our one-year anniversary, and we've done uh, a lot of... Um, Cheese and wine pairings with Jay. And that was a wonderful show we did the other week with Abelson Hyman, right? 
we did the Avils and Hyman, uh, we did our whiskies and yeah, whiskies, salami, and wines and some salami. Servalot. Oh my God! I um, Seth Levitt introduced me to Servalot. Outstanding. Uh, we did some great recipes, and you can watch that show on the archives um, if you missed it, or a podcast, or uh, it's going to be on my website as well. So we've done some great uh, pairings. But I thought, you know, with Tubishvard and everything, I thought we got to do a fruit and wine pairing because that's like very desserty and, and you know, it goes really well together. And, and I think, you know, I always talk about marriage of flavors and now they're always these fruit wines. And what really made me think of it was this orange muscat. Because, I love orange muscat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to uh, just briefly introduce Chaya for a minute. Um, Hi, Chaya. Hi, Naomi. She's back on the show again. She's been, you've done many shows with me. We yeah, did a couple. Yeah, fourth one with you. Yeah, we, I schlep her in. We just like to spend time together. This whole thing is a, a ruse to get to hang out with Naomi. Oh, and I get to hang out with her. We've known each other for over 20 years. We went to college together at Tura College. Um, we're both teachers. She's actually still teaching. Now I just teach about wine with Jay. <laughs> um, and I don't have any papers to grade. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's that you, okay. You still have to do that because she's an amazing teacher. She teaches at Dahe. She's also an incredible writer. She's had some pieces go out, right? Thank God. Yeah, I had a few pieces out. We had um, we were in Mishpacha magazine, our business with um, Eliyahu, and I had a piece in Ami Living a few weeks ago. And thank God, you know, writing keeps me busy too because I don't write about fruit though. I, sometimes I write about fruit, but... But, um, yeah, I keep busy. Thank you. Yeah. I have to tell you, is it possible to see some of those pictures you so showed me of your fruit platters? Yeah, on and my website. Pretty amazing stuff. Okay. Yeah. And everyone I mean, they, I they look it. like flowers. They don't even look like fruit. The funny thing is that my husband is so modest. That's why he's never been on this show because he's I know. So he quiet. won't come on. I cannot get Eliyahu Frischman on, the master fruit carver. But people stop me in the street and they'll say, well, oh, the platter you made was so beautiful. And I'll say, no, no, I didn't make it. Eliyahu made it. And then someone will stop him a few weeks later. The platter you made was so beautiful. The platter your wife made was so beautiful, and they'll say, "Okay, I'll tell her." He doesn't take any credit. Oh, he's so whatsoever. sweet. He's so sweet. It's but magnificent they, stuff. It really is. They also Thank do. You. Jay, you should know that Hi makes incredible sorbets. So she has one oh. of the sorbets here we did with a us sorbet today. Sorbet show, right? We, we, yeah, we got, we're going to do a bit of a sorbet show. But I actually have with me in the studio. Um, I bought all the Shiva Minim because I, because the show got pushed back because of the snow, and 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 it was. Uh, uh, this is what we ate in our homes yesterday. And I thought, let's replicate that right here because you can eat this anytime. And you should always appreciate the fruits from Eretz Israel. You know, doesn't always have to be on Tubishvat. Plus, right, and we, had, we made the Shekhianus yesterday, so we can, we're good to go and everything. We're good to go, and it's a lot of fun to, to eat and drink. And even wine pairing without Tubishvat is always a fun thing to do. So, you know, I think we should start off by having Jade. Uh, opening up some wine, and we're going to match, try to match these up with some of the Sheva well, I, I thought that um, it's interesting, by the way, that olives is part of this. I didn't realize that olives was part of it because Sheva I thought it was, yes, I realize that now, but I thought it was like fruit oriented, and then I'm going, you know, olives is part of this. Yeah. So with that with that in mind, I'm going to take an er, er, an Eretisroldika, as we used to say in Tarvadas, <laughs> an Israeli wine. Uh, Golan, to... yeah, here we go. It's, uh, Bazelata Golan Wineries. Uh, it's the, it's the, um, Merlot Reserve 2009 vintage. And I thought I'd pair this. First of all, let me just show you how we're going to open this because I've always talked about, look at this. And I bought cups, lots of cups. I was talking about how the <laughs> proper way. This is a, this is a wine corkscrew. We'll just take out the knife first, put it under the second lip. Oh, there you and go. look how beautiful that comes oh, off. That's nice. And then make sure you co- close the knife, otherwise you're going to end up with uh, stitches stitches in I, your thumb. I have Ouch. nearly stitches. And then in open up what go. looks like the uh, bottle opener. Take out the coil or the screw. Put it in. Uh, Whoop! On the floor it goes. Okay, we can pick that up. Okay, Jay's got it. Put it into the center of the cork. Turn it, and here's where people make their next mistake. Okay. Turn it until you just get. You still have to see some of the coil still. You know. Can bent. people can people see that? Yeah, can you see that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. some, some people can watch And <laughs> then people make the next mistake by trying to pull this out. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, so yeah you th- don't really have to do that. What you have to do people, is. Say people, you mean me, is, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what you have to do is, <laughs> this me. is actually a lever. It's not really a, a bottle opener, a beer opener. It's a lever, and if you can see this little edge here, put it against the edge of the glass, and that's one step. It's called a two-step corkscrew. There's okay. a better one. And then you have another little edge, which again looks like kind of bottle opener, but it's not. It's for the leverage. And pull this. Don't push it that way. Pull it away. 
So the cork comes straight out. Isn't oh, that I love that. Wow. Can I have a look at that thing? Sure. And actually, I've never seen one I like brought this. an extra one. This is for you. It's a gift. Oh, really? Jay Wines. Uh, is that like you? Now, we made a mozi before we walked in, but here's another mistake that I want to alert people yeah, to. Yeah, I have not made a mozi. I'm going to have to. Okay. But it doesn't matter. Even if when you make a mozi, most people think that you don't make a bracha, that the mozi covers everything. It does not cover wine. Really? That's right. correct. That's why. Even if you make Kiddush on Shabbos. Oh, so on Shabbos. It's a question if you have a new wine coming out after Kiddush. That's, but you don't make a Borupir Guffin. You make a Hatovah right. But the reason why you think it covers wine is because on Shabbos, you actually make the Borupir Guffin before you make the Motsi. Right. So you drink the wine afterwards and you don't make a bracha because guess what? You already did. But when you go to dinner at any one of these pardes or anybody else. Mm, pardes. And you're you already made a mozi, make sure that when you have the wine you make a bracha too. So here's, here's That's a little, really interesting. Here's a little Merlot I, I for never you. really thought about that. And Chaya is it? Chaya, yeah. Chaya is it, yeah. And and, and, and we have ZK and you know right here. You know what's interesting? We <laughs> no don't drinking. have clear cups, but whoop, you can just see that. It's really, Go really on. red and dark and extracted. Rich, We're all rich going colorful. Down now what I did was most of the <laughs> most of the um, Let's put this over here. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, Jay, sure. before you continue. Sure. I know that the Tubishvat Seder that some people did yesterday has a whole has a whole Tubishvat Seder in order of going from certain color wines to the lighter wines to darker wines and eating certain food. Is um when it comes to order of brachos, do you know anything if you're supposed to make a bracha on a darker wine before a lighter wine because it has it's considered more no, special? You, all wines. They're all the same hagafen, but. If you choose, if it's a choice choose of wines, is there one you're supposed to choose? If yes. The, what, from what I understand, and I always make this disclaimer, ask your local rabbi. This is just, you know, what I understand, but you must ask your local rabbi. That is, the wine that you make the bracha on is the wine that you like most. Right. Oh, that's interesting. If it's white and you like it better than the red, that's the so, one you so should choose to make the initial bracha. If it's red as opposed to the white... Etc. So Karima Lager that my husband makes Kiddush on is a nice wine. We love it. It's my husband's favorite. He okay. would not then need to make another bracha if I pulled out an orange muscat. However, unless, unless, and Chaya, no, Chaya would point this out, unless he wasn't aware that you were going to pull out the orange muscat. And when you did, he said, oh, wow, that's a surprise. And then he would need to make a bracha, but not a Bori Priyagafen. He would need to make a Hatova Hametiv. Okay, that's so really let's, interesting. So let's have some olive. We're going to have some olives. We're going to pass you around. Now, I just want to, the What's for Dinner segment um, today is actually going Excuse to. Excuse my hands. Oh, please. I oh, actually have some spoons there if you want. Um, is all this beautiful I food. An olive with a spoon. Come on. <laughs> Every, the Israelis will smack you not only in your smack hand. You in the head. Your, but exactly. there's two different kinds. You should know there's garlic and there's um, there's garlic olives. And this looks like it's garlic. Um, and, so don't get and too close almonds, to me, anybody. And here, almonds. One stuff. Shkedim, right? Because I thought that was very appropriate. All this wonderful feast was um, given to us and donated to us by the wonderful Gomegla. Uh, they are our What's for Dinner sponsors, which we will do later on in the segment. But thank you, Gomegla and Kerem, Royal Wines. Amen. <laughs> so we are now drinking um, a Merlot. Merlot. From the reserve, from the... Bezela Tagolan. Bezela Tagolan Winery. And I just had it. These are actually, these olives, I'm, I'm a bit of a foodie too. And by the way, Moshe. You're a lot of a foodie. And by the way, Moshe, who is the chef at Pardes, is a good friend. And also, <gasps> he lives in Elizabeth some of the time or most of the time. <laughs> when he's not in the store. When he's not I, in I the I love that, st- I love restaurant. that restaurant. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to just. And I'm, this is quite salty, I thought. Okay, I'm mm. just going to have a little sip of mine. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Now mm. this, I don't oh. wait for everyone for a bracha. I'm like, give me the wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can I air. ask you what what um what was that one that you just ate there? That olive. This one was the one with the nut in it. Okay, so I thought shkedim. that was very cool to have that, an olive with shkedim. Um, if you're near uh, Gomeglat, um, in the five towns. And if you're gonna have the two, okay. this is the one with the garlic, and to, on my on my left, your right, and this okay. is the one with. Let's the, pass um, that to ZK and to Chaya. Yeah, I you woke. Uh, nor do I. ZK does not. Israeli. ZK does not eat olives. You know what? Nor do I. But you know, I am I up for anything. I never used to eat olives until recently. I, I'll try anything, about, really. You know, eight years ago. What? He doesn't. He'll kill me if the olive, the, the, the studio smells with olives. Right. Right. an Israeli Great father, and I wouldn't touch olives. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to think of everything, but I did not bring napkins. Okay. Um. Hmm. Um. Yeah, we're looking for napkins, but I'm going to try these amazing olives. Okay. Do I make a bracha now ha'etz, right? Because I did not yeah, wash. Yeah. Baruch atah na'ala hanu melechem b'rei priyet. Amen. 
Oh my god, it's amazing. And I do not like olives. And did you have it with the? Isn't it great with that wine? Now I'm gonna sip it like the a wine shooter right, almost. Right, right. So everything this is, pops. Everything this, pops, Jay. It's amazing. It's I mean, really crazy. amazing. Now I'm gonna this try is the Bazelat Hagolan. Um, this is the Bazelat Hagolan Reserve Merlot. No, he's a, he's a. Oh, okay. Well, this is oh. yours. Okay. Here Take you. That one. This is fabulous. The wine and the olives together are amazing. This is a really, really nice Merlot. It's not too heavy, not too strong. It's really lots of fruit, rich, but doesn't rich, but like fruit, overpower but without, you. Without right, without the acidity and what we call the structure, it, it's in balance. I'm I'm spitting today. <laughs> now let's talk about why I'm I'm. So I don't want to say I'm being vulgar, but. It's actually a bit of a, an artsy thing to do at a wine show is you um, take a sip and then you spit because right. one can only handle so much alcohol at 9 o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> on an air of Shabbos. I was going to add that. Our chillin's going to be a little bit different this week. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, too much salt. <laughs> can never have enough salt. <laughs> the next wine, the next wine that, and I think we'll, we'll have it with the dates. With the dates, okay. Yeah, I think we'll have it with the dates. The next wine is a wine from the Pacific Northwest. Of the United States of, United of, America. States of America, which which area is that? Because I don't I don't want to offend anyone, but Americans aren't so good with geography. So it's uh, what Washington, state? Oregon. Washington, Oregon, not Washington D.C. Right, right, and um, and actually, you know, do you know why Washington D.C. is called Washington rather than Maryland? Um, because it's the I don't know District of Columbia. Yeah, but why is it called Washington? Because he was the first president. Capitals you know what? Are oh, you a teacher? I'm, I don't teach geography <laughs> or history, American history. I read an article about it if you give me the information, but I can't tell you anything. All right, someone's got to Google it and tell me. Why okay. is it called Washington? Okay, Chaya might be on it. <laughs> okay, now we're trying, what we're doing um, right now is we're going through all the Sheva Minim and Chaya is sharing some fruit and um, uh, fruit tasting ideas and uh, Jay is bringing the wine pairings, and we're talking about Tubishvat. And just in general, it's fun to have it. Like, a, if you have it, even you. doesn't have you to be Tubishvat. Even if it's not Tubishvat, it's really fun to have, you know, on a Motsu Shabbos, a Malava Malka. You can put out, you know, you can do this with some friends. You can put out cheeses and olives and nuts and wines and have a really nice feast over here. And I've got some great recipes that we're going to go through as well. You know, you know what I also, a great idea, especially since Jews. In general, Shabbos is a big time for foodies. So you could do this Shabbos afternoon with all this stuff. Yeah, especially in the summertime. You could do this for Shalashudas. Yeah. You could do this especially during the summertime, like you said, when it's a much longer day. A much longer Shabbos day. Absolutely. This this particular wine is a blend of 44% Cabernet, 39% Merlot, 13% Malbec, and 4% Petit Verdot. Now, the reason why... I specifically do, I, do I need a clean cup for that? Or no, you're going to be good, okay. You're you're we're still on the reds. Yeah. Okay. I thought we were doing wine and fruit because all the backs of the wine bottles always talk about the different fruity flavors you find, the undertone. So. Mm. Right. No, it's, that's you're, correct. You're actually right, even though there's a lot of that. Uh, and a clarification to that is that none of those fruits are actually in the wine. Right. No, a lot of people are confused. You know, but a lot of people really say, oh, when did they put, you know, berries Peaches. or cherries or <laughs> right. roses or whatever? And it's just, uh, you know. So how do they get all those flavors? Well, you know, when – talk about – we just spoke to Russell. Yeah. So he said they planted pine trees. Mm-hmm. So pine tree forests, if they have next to them a vineyard of grapes, that pine tree effect actually affects the aromatics and even the flavors that come out of the ground into the grapes – um, so is, is you know is menthol you know that kind of pine. So the so the so the uh, uh, grapes flavors or um, will change with the agriculture around the actual correct. grapes as around the vineyards. And even with as we discussed so the uh, as just the other show with Abelson Hyman, uh, even the whiskies are affected by the area that they're aged in. So when you have really? peat bogs and moss. Like we discussed, you know, that affects what the whiskey is going to taste like and what's going to smell like. Oh, very interesting. So even though I there's no peat that... bog and moss in the whiskey. Right, right, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it does affect it, the it, aromatics it affects the and the flavors. I, I didn't realize it went and this wine is, this as well. And this is, what is this, figs? These are figs. Okay. Um, I, don't, I actually dates. don't like Indeed. figs. Oh, you know dates, what, you know, they're dates. You know what that's amazing with? Just a little recipe shout out. Go ahead. 
feta cheese. You open them mm. up, you put some feta cheese. Goat cheese. Oh, I know we, we love goat that. cheese. We should have had what's his name? The cheese. cheese. I know Brent Delman, the cheese yeah. guy. But if you take some cheese and put some inside the dates, it's absolutely I'm going to take a fabulous. bite of this and we'll have this. By the way, this particular blend of Pacifica Meritage um, uh, is a what we call a classic Bordeaux blend. Now, not to confuse anybody, it does not come from Bordeaux, but when Bordeaux wines are made, often they contain these four grapes. Okay, oh. so let's, well, let's, let's have a, a little... Oh, we need a bite. Oh, wait. I ne- Whoa, knock the microphone. So I take a bite of this, mm-hmm. a bite of the fig, which mm-hmm. is actually not stuffed with goat cheese, which is the way I'm used to eating it. You're I'm, such a foodie. Can I, I know, it's crazy. And I, I'm a big cheesy also. But um, mm. you know what? Um, I, I, I also made date muffins, which is really great. And I, I do this. These are one of the simanim for Rosh Hashanah. So I made a date muffin recipe. All the recipes um, will be on my website um, after the show, in about a few days after the show, and you can get my date muffin recipe. Dates are um, really great because of their sweet, their level of sweetness. Right? Ha-et, yeah. Did I say ha it's yet? Ha-et. Oh, it's I'm going to keep well, asking that. The shiva minimar, you know, mostly the well, eggs are right, so the, the basis yeah. for, say, the mazonos. Mm. But dates are really sweet. A lot of this it's very good. Mm. of sugar. Gourmet glut dates were excellent. Well done. <laughs> they were not grown in gourmet glut. They were purchased from gourmet glut, but. They really pick always good quality food. They put really. What do you think of the wine with that? Ah, oh, great. It's nice they wine. Balance but this is this is and, the and sweetness is, of the date still lingers even after I've had the wine. And it's interesting. This wine is completely dry. But we're going to get. You would right never. Now, you would never realize that. We're going to get right now to uh, one of my f- good friends and a favorite wine of lots of people that don't know about it yet. <laughs> is um, something called. Oh. Petit Sirah from Joseph Zakon. You actually, you actually, I don't know if you remember, you brought that onto the cheese show, and I went crazy over that one. That was absolutely fabulous. So I hope Joseph Zakon. Who is, is Joseph watch Zakon? This. Can you tell us? Yossi Zakon is the one who started Kesser. Kesser okay. wines. That's Chabad, right? Do you know that Yossi Zakon made wine? Everybody, this is a really great kind of tidbit for your next cocktail party. You know, knowledge of Jewish history. This is a guy that made wine before he was allowed to drink it. Because oh, he, was he was under 21? He was underage. He was 18. No, he was 18, and the minimum age was 21. So he could own a winery and make wine. But not drink but it? But he couldn't buy it. Oh, my God. That would only happen in the U.S. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Another thing that, that we're talking about as far as fruit and wine pairings is that um, for Tubishvat, it's not just the minhag to eat one yeah, of the shevaminim, but also to eat make a shechiano on a fruit, which is in this day and age really hard because we've become such eclectic eaters in the world. To find a fruit that we haven't have eaten not, before is a uh, very is difficult. A, is a problem. And you taught me last night about not making a shechiano on a dried, on dried fruit. fruit. Have you heard of that, Jay? No, I never CK, heard that have you before. Heard of that? We I learned last night in Gomeklat from uh, our friend Howie Clagsburn that you do not make a shechiano on a dried fruit. Wow, what I'd like fresh. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna follow up with that. What I'd like to ask their own rabbi, but. I thought that was cool. This is an amazing little dish. You you prepared this, right? I actually this, right? created this, and this is going to be let's I guess let's break Could into you? the what's for dinner segment, okay. which is sponsored by Gourmet Glide Emporium in Cedarhurst, Long Island. Um, what is this? Okay, um, it is pomegranates. Mm-hmm. They always have these amazing. I'm just going to hold it up. They always have pomegranate arrows. Now the arrows is the seeds that they scooped out, so that the seeds are actually called arrows. A R I L S. They are not actually seeds. And right. people always ask me, you're supposed to eat them and, and you crunch can into crunch them? into them. You crunch into them. You're not them. supposed to spit out anything. You right. Them? You so, swallow so them, let, yeah. Okay, I never did. So I'm going to tell you. I just learned something new. Let me tell you about this recipe. I found it online. It's not my own concoction. I found it online. And what it is is I took one. This is our – so now this is our what's for dinner segment. We – and where I always do a recipe, you know. You've okay. been on the show many times. I always try to share a recipe. Um, I did – um. Next week will be a really cool one because it'll be pavlova with Australia Day. Mm. Will be next week, um, but I did. I'm going to be doing pavlova. But today is um, I melted one um, cup of pomegranate arils and three and a half ounces of um, noblesse chocolate. I'm just trying to see if I have the chocolate bar here on the table. I do not. So it's a one chocolate bar, and noblesse is really good chocolate. Great it's a stuff. good. It's a really good quality 3.5 chocolate. Ounce one. Yeah. Mm. It's, um, yeah, so I, I melted the chocolate. Just, I didn't even do it over a double boiler. I just melted the bottom of pan on a low heat till it melted. I broke it up. And then I threw in one cup, which was one package of the gourmet arils, pomegranate arils. And then I threw in 
a quarter of a teaspoon of curry powder. Mm. I mixed so it, it together. It gives a little hot just kick. A, a little just a spice. Drop, I always spice. say that um, curry elevates the flavor of the food. Okay. And if you only put it a bit in, it elevates it without overpowering it, which people have a thing with curry. So, um, and then I made little, um, I took a tablespoon and I put it on, uh, I took dollops of the um, chocolate and and pomegranate arrows, and I put it on top of um, uh, on some parchment paper, which I'd lined up. And then I uh, let it harden in the fridge, and we got little clusters of pomegranate and chocolate. And um, and that's how we got it. So we're going to pass some around, uh, ZK and Chaya. Now, I, I chose for this for this uh, arrow and chocolate. Yeah, we'll call them pomegranate and chocolate clusters. I, for this pomegranate and chocolate clusters, I, the first wine so far, this is the third wine of the day, and it's the first wine that is actually semi-sweet. Okay. Because, got, you know, we want to pair it with this chocolate. So let's see, and red and sweet, so, it, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Okay, there you go. Try try one, ZK. We're going to give one to our amazing engineer, ZK, who keeps us sober during the show when Jay is on. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay, now we're going to try this. Wow, this is amazing together. Right? This is nice. the, so far, this is the most perfect. Perfect pack oh. matching. This is mm. really good. Oh, wow. Isn't that a great, now, Did, did so you again, like the chocolate with the curry? Who oh, just thought? Great, little little kick on the curry. Little kick, the pomegranate. It really brings it out, you're right. Who, who thought pomegranate can mm. curry? And I like the pomegranate also because. I never put them together. It has, like, also a tiny bitterness when you bite into that seed. I'm a bit of a foodie. So, you know, that combination plus the chocolate, I'm sorry, the wine, which is like sweet, got a little bit of a sweetness kick. What's this wine again? It is this is Joseph nice Zacon Petite <gasps> Syrah. Oh, that um, is beautiful. And once again, the recipe was so me. easy. The What's for Dinner segment was just a super easy dessert recipe. And what, you know, this Make- would be great with one of your fruit platters too. Definitely, definitely. The sweet this is this is quite a wine. What's it what is it the base? It's all petite syrah. It's no It's all blend. petite syrah, correct. Uh, Chaya, nice pomegranates wine. is like a superfood, right? It is it's the incredible level of mm. antioxidants. We're actually doing writing in class now, we're doing essays, so one of our essays is about to model it for the students is about fruit and super and foods that are are good snacks. So pomegranates are are they're amazing antioxidants. And I I've to, told you before on other shows which is the foods that you need for a certain season, Hashem makes grow in, you know, abundance. So pomegranates, which we need those antioxidants because the winter colds can get to us, um, are grown. They're very popular in the winter. And in the summer, you know, um, and also the citrus is also very popular now when we need it. In the summer, we have all the melons coming out high in water. Hydration is what we need for the hot weather months. So pomegranates are excellent. How do you make them look pretty, though, in a platter? Pomegranates, so we, if we ever do, people, they're not in their standard platters, but people ask for them, you have to put them in some receptacle. So we'll car, you know, hollow out, let's say, an orange and stick some pomegranates in Oh, that's cute. Color. Yes, I've seen you do that. They stain a lot. If you want to drizzle them on something, they really, really stain. So, um, it's a good idea to be careful when you put them down. I think the engineer really likes them. <laughs> yes, yes, they are good and easy. And I know that even dark chocolate, and I, I spoke with Alana Lichter yesterday, who's a, a dietitian out in the oh, five towns. I know her, right? Yeah, she she's fabulous. Right and um, she she was telling me, I'm not sure, Jay, because sometimes, you know, I mispronounce things, but C-O-C-O-A, cacao, cacao, cocoa, cacao, cacao. Yeah. cacao? cacao. No, but there's a cacao bean, and then there's a cocoa is is one of the derivatives. Right, so, so the cacao, cacao, cacao yeah. bean, when you sometimes you'll see different percentages of cacao in the chocolate, the higher the percentage, the less sweet the sugar is, and it's actually a little bit healthier. So if you have, if you like bittersweet chocolate, they always talk about, about bittersweet. Yeah, 80% and 72%. Right, it's like, cow. you know. 80% is the, is the one you can take intensity, then it still tastes like chocolate. If you get too high, then it becomes very chocolate. Very chocolate, right. So that this was made with a 56% one, but you can make it with a 74 or with a higher one, so it's a little bit healthier. You have the pomegranate in it, and curry's also very cleansing. So there you go. So that's a really Now, nice. we're going we're gonna to do this. Uh... Yeah, we've got to do, oh, wow, we have like 15 minutes left. This okay. hour flies by. Let's get on with this um, lychee sorbet that Chaya Frischman's and her husband. Eliyahu made Eliyahu, it, I was going to mark it in. I was going to wait till the end, but because we're going to have the lychee sorbet, it's I think... melting a little bit. Yeah, I think this would be the best, um, uh, excuse me, the best match 
This would be the best harmonious wine for this. This is called Orange Muscat, and like we said before, there is no orange in the Orange Muscat. <laughs> it's the name of a grape, Orange Muscat. It's a Muscat grape, or um, same same family as Moscato. Okay, but why but is it? This is an Orange Muscat, and wait till you taste it. Explain it's just... the orange flavor. I've had this before with you. Um, I love this wine. This is amazing. This is, I think, your next best top of the list uh, wine. This is going to explode off the markets. Um, it's a relatively new wine, yeah, it's, right? Yeah, it's only about two years old. It, and it, people don't know about it. I only personally discovered it um, a few months ago, and I'm absolutely obsessed with it. It's absolutely fantastic, and it will be a great compliment to this wine. And it's so original because you can go places in like 10 different cabs and like 20 different Merlots to choose. But there's just such a unique item right. that when I saw it in the store, I'm like, new thing, new wine, let's get there it. Is, there is black, mas- black muscat. Right, but the orange one yeah, has a... It. No, no, this is fabulous, CK. No, he's not having any more. I think it will pair really well with the lychee because lychees tend to be there. Okay, and I'm going to scoop out the lychees. Now, li- if people in the five thing. towns want to get a hold of you, Chaya, um, for any time for a, for a fruit platter or some sorbets or soups, we have a mushroom barley soup here also for our Shemba Minim. we got to get through se- se- seven species. and We've done like three. <laughs> okay, have we got all three? Um, have you got one, Chaya? I do. I have. I okay. Have and, um, I've tasted got... it once or twice. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. This is high. This is okay, my favorite. Okay. So, so again. Where's my orange muscat? Okay. You've you've taught Go, everyone well, and you know now that we eat the food first, and yep. then take a little bite of the food. Okay. Mm. And a little orange mm. muscat. Wow. Pow. Make me a lychee wine, okay, Jay? Like there is lychee wine. I've had lychee sake. Oh, really? Yeah. This is delicious. I got the passion for wine from you once because you told me to get the passion. Marad. Right. There you go. Marad wines. But lychee wine I have never seen. You do Marad wines. Royal wines. Yeah. Imports that. As well as some fabulous This is a great combination. Mm. Great combination. I would like the orange muscat very cold, right? Yeah, one, one would drink colder. that very cold. Yeah. I was worried that how the lychee go with the with the sweetness of the orange, but they really have different oh. flavor tones totally, and they really complement each other. It's Am a great dessert I, wine. See, unlike it's so interesting that you say that because unlike the last wine, which was the petite Syrah that with the chocolate, that was like similar, and so therefore enhanced it. This is different. The orange muscat is different than the lychee, but also enhances it, even though it is different. Kind of gives it like another dimension. Definitely. And lychees, they come, they, they come from China, but we get them all over. For those people who are too, who don't have the patience to start peeling the yeah, lychees, you can buy them, uh, <laughs> you can buy them already peeled in a, uh, in cans. They sell them in heavy syrup, or you can get the fresh ones, which are absolutely amazing. On, we have to wait till they come out. On the lorry side right here on Grand Street in Chinatown, amazing lychees, super cheap. Yeah. So make your way to the lower east side in the warmer seasons. Okay, we have to move right along. Okay. Okay, what if we go next? This is the dried etrog. This is the dried etrog. I'm going to do. I think uh, that's it. I'm going to do the Baron Herzog Chenin Blanc as the last one to, with the dried etrog. What What I like about. Oh, and we can get a second one in. Please, please excuse my expression of dried etrog. I learnt in Tarvadas, you know, so I etrog. don't... Etrog. Oh, I don't etrog. when you went that's to the fine. store, etrog remember? You asked about... You kept saying etrog, and they kept looking at you. Oh, I, etrog. I went to Onats, and I asked for etrog, dried etrog. They looked at we me like I was right, crazy. You know? Right, of course. So I went to... I grew up in Australia where we say ter instead of sir. So um, the workers um, that work in, in uh, Onats um, looked at me like I was crazy. And then I said etrog. They're like... Oh, it was very funny. I th- I thought we'd have to taste this wine for yeah. two reasons. First of all, and for, foremost of all, because it goes great with fruit. Uh, this is uh, Baron Herzog Chenin Blanc. It's 100% Chenin Blanc. And for the first time, it's from vineyards that the Herzogs actually own. Oh, great. Uh, for all the other wines, they buy their grapes and on purpose because they want to make sure they get the best. And this one, from the ground up, they actually control the entire production and so, and, and what's more interesting, or as interesting, is that this wine is the first wine that has won one of the top 100 wines of the world. Wow. Yeah. In a non-kosher, I'm talking about the largest non-kosher wine magazine in the world. That's fabulous um, to hear. One of the ones. They must be so proud of it because they this. start, it's like growing my own cherries from my fruit platters. Exactly. Yeah. You it's see cool, that? right? Yeah. I've made my own tomato. I've grown my own tomatoes. And we're going to have it with this. And the reason I think it might go well with this is because this is what? This is Etrog, Etrog, right? Etrog. Etrog. And Etrog Etrog. Etrog has also a little bit of kick of bitterness. 
Okay. Right? Generally? I've I mean, never had like the dry, yeah. That acidity? The, especially I'm the not peel, sure how it is. The peel there. I'm not sure how it is in this it's one. It's sticky. I'm just going to... But this has... Uh, the Baron Herzog Chenin Blanc also has a, a nice tiny kick of acid. Even though it's off dry, has a nice tiny kick of acid as well. And let's see what happens. I, I, I've never tasted this together. I've never ever together. had a dried etchog. I've had etchog wine. Yeah, let's try yeah, the dried... What, what are I these seeds? That? I'm not sure, Chaya. Okay. You're well, our this fruit. is actually a piece of um, etrog. The etrog. You see the, the shape? Now, look, you've got me taking so it. Now, but this is the etrog, and they, they cross, there's, a, there's a cross section of it, and um, yeah. they, they candy it. Specifically, it's a, considered a very big segula. I don't know, a segula, like a very fortuitous time to have etrog on tubishvat. Um, they say it's very healthy specifically for women to have an easy labor, to have an easy pregnancy. So because esrog is, they say that there wasn't an apple in, in uh, Gan Eden, it was really an esrog tree that Adam... Um, People say it was grapes. From. Right, exactly. We can, have, we can find it out later. So that's why we have it on tubishvat. We have um, esrog do because... We, do we eat the nuts on this too? or I would not eat the seeds on this. Okay. No, this okay. I wouldn't. All right, so let's just do, do we that. we make a separate yeah. bracha now, right? If you, like, well, if you didn't have any I, yesterday, you should make probably... I don't know, make a shechian. I don't consider this is candied. It's not really dry. Yeah, I'm not good. So I don't even know. Ha'etz? Well, it is. You I made a ha'etz. Yeah, everything here is, is ha'etz. Very interesting by itself. Mm. I love right? the consistency. It has a really nice, it's like chewy, but not. Did you, Did you eat one? See, now this. Mm. Lovely, lovely. Mm. And the harmony, because it does have that little tight oh, kind of bitterness. Together? It's great. Jay, this is really nice. This is really a great combo. This is great. You know, we don't always know what each other's bringing to the table, right? right? I don't give him a list of cheeses. I had no idea. And he does a list of wines. We we just make it work because we know. This combination reminds me more of the petite sirah and the the chocolate Mm. with the arrows. It's very nice. Yeah. So it has that, you know, they're both in kind of harmony with each other. Wow. What a great, great combination. I'm glad I'm not teaching today. Because yeah. I'd walk into class, <laughs> Hello? you know, tipsy. Everyone recess all day long. Um, okay, what do we got left? Okay, Anything? we've got, we've got, well, there's mushroom barley soup. I don't know if we have time to heat up a little bit of mushroom barley soup, but that's a really great idea if you're going through a Tubishvat setter and making, going through all the Shivanaminim, you can do, um, um, uh, while Jay opens that up, I'm just going to talk quick, quickly about some, uh, recipe ideas that you can do with Shivanaminim, um, for Tubishvat or any time of the year. You can do feta fig and grape. Green grape salad, uh, very easy to make. They'll, all these recipes will be up on my blog in just a couple of days. Um, date muffins from dates. Obviously, that first salad, I'm sorry, I meant to say that because um, figs and grapes are part of the Sheva Minim, as, um, so that's why I put that salad together. And then we have the date muffins and then um, chocolate-covered uh, pomegranate custard, clusters and then olives, um, Fabulous olives from Gomegla. Thank you very much for donating that. And then I did mushroom and barley soup with our fabulous sponsors of our show, Abel's and Hyman. They're sponsors uh, of Table for Two. Um, Such a nice guy, Seth. Wonderful. We had a great time last yeah. week. <laughs> so um, eating and drinking our way through yet another show, Jay. Yeah, exactly. um, so and, uh, I have a great, um, very easy mushroom and barley soup, and I put in slices of Abel's and Hyman hot dogs. Mm. Mm. So that was really nice. You can throw mm. in some chunked up pieces of servalot into the mm. into the um into the soup. And of course you need to have wheat um to celebrate wheat for, for Tubishvat. So I made some whole wheat crescent rolls, which are so easy. I actually made these this morning. So not only did I have to put up challah this morning. This is what I made mozi on. So, so Jay and Chai wash before yeah, the it show. It reminds me of the little dough boy, you know, the fat the little dough boy. The Pillsbury boy. I literally made those at 7 o'clock this morning before oh I came goodness. to the studio. It, it, it's fast and the easy. The ride smelled so I know. Chai, I, Can I, I have like, that wine so we could pour it? So, um, and that way um, you can make this as a really nice, these are great shalashidus rolls to have with this beautiful combination if you're doing it for shalashidus or malava malka when you want to wash and bench and you want something a little funky. These are little artisanal whole wheat rolls made with honey. There is zero sugar, eggs or oil in this. Wow. So it's a really easy recipe to make and that will be, as I said, on my blog, theaussiegourmet.com. Okay, so we're having our... What are now, we having is, now? This is a wine that, even though it's red, should be served cool or even cold. Really? A cold red yeah. wine? Yeah, and everybody knows about the wow. jeunesse. Oh, you know, I that's love jeunesse. Semi-dry. This is, this is actually predates the jeunesse okay. and is in that same category. It's semi-dry. I'm going to have it actually with your... Um, Whole wheat crescent rolls. Whole wheat crescent rolls. Array is a big thing in my family. We, we have a lot of that stocked up. And actually... Which one? Claret, yeah? Actually, it's pronounced... I know this is unusual. No, it's, it's pronounced really? claret. 
Really? I'm thinking I'm being French. It's a wine. And I know, and it is French, but even in French, it's, it's, they have ETs. All right, it's pronounced Claret. I learned and something. Claret is actually a, another name for Bordeaux. Oh, okay. Um, but what is that? Figs. I've, I've, okay, so let's, the, let's do the figs. Let's do the figs and the bread. Yeah, we let's can do make the a fig figs sandwich. And the figs are great. I love. Um, There's a knife right there. I do a lot of. Nachman show, a fig sandwich. Fig with goat cheese, man. Um, but I have a feta fig and green grape salad, which is amazing. Oh, that's a great idea because it's better than just having it with the uh, crescent rolls because r- you've got some sweetness to the wine and you've got some sweet – of course, you've got tons of sweetness with the figs. So we've got a whole – Dried figs. We've had a whole seudah here in the studio on Friday morning um, celebrating a, a little bit a day late, but really we're just celebrating fruit week. and wine in general. We're celebrating fruit and wine in general. Um these are mission figs, also bought in Gomeglat. I love when you take fresh mission figs. Now, what does that you mean? You cut them mission? in half. It's, it's a, it's a, um, hi, it's a, um, I'm, I'm looking for you to fill in the blanks there. Fill in the blanks. They have caramel figs. They're a variety. It's just one of the varieties. It's species. 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 That's species the word I was fig. looking for. Okay. Species of grapes. And, oh, he's a made fig. himself a fig sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look. Totally. Like an Oreo. No, he needs goat cheese and honey over, drizzled over that. I'm killing you, right? Brent, where are you when we need you? Right, so let's take that. Okay, I'm actually, I did not wash. I'm not going to be eating the bread. I didn't have time for no other reason. No diet, no nothing. I just mm. didn't have a chance. I was setting up the show. This is fabulous. Wow, it's perfect. But mm. can I just say one thing about mission figs? When you can get them in season, you cut them in half, put them cut side down on parchment paper, salt and honey, drizzle it, toss it, make sure all, before it goes into the oven it is though um, cut side down, and then uh, roast it for about 15 minutes until it's soft at 350 and toss that in with a salad. does not oh, have to be a milkic salad, even though we would love it with goat cheese or feta. Cut it up into smaller pieces? No, or? you just cut it in half and just okay. cook it till it wilts a little and cooks maybe 10, 15 minutes and toss it in with a salad. It's absolutely fabulous. Susie Fishmine taught me that, to, to eat dried, uh, dried figs. I never did that before. Mm. Absolutely delicious. They're going to chew, so I'm going to talk. This is absolutely a fabulous show. I really want to thank you both for coming in. And we've also got a whole variety of nuts as well. I've got some um, from um, Gomeglat, also gave me some um, honey pecan, um, you know, Eretz Abad Chalavudvash. I thought that would be a cool. Some honey pecan um, nuts here. Look, they look fabulous. Um, and they go great in any salad as well. They're fun to eat plain. But they're all also really great uh, what is this? toss into a salad. I've got some dried papaya? fruits here. That's papaya. papaya right? And I've also got cantaloupe. I've cantaloupe also got, is a hadama, don't forget. Yeah, hadama. I've got some dried cantaloupe floating around this fabulous table. And this is um, mixed tropical fruits. So um, I think that's mango and pawpaw all together. It's fun to go down to your local supermarket. Or for, my, for me, it's gomeglada or i got a couple of things that own nuts. This is actually dried cantaloupe right here. Dried cantaloupe is really yeah, fun to eat. I wrote a C on the bag. I've never had that. Yeah, I thought, you know, just go and ha- make fun things for yourselves when you when you go this time of the year. They have and such incredible variety of things. They have the dried lychees and they have the dried persimmons I saw this year. It's things you would never think they were dried. Blood oranges I've seen dried. And it's nice in the winter time to celebrate fruit because, you know, you're not, sometimes you're not always getting the freshest tasting Fruit around, right, Chai? Like so, when something's not in season, it's not as, you know, sweet or, you know, has a different taste when it's not in season. Right, that's for sure. And also another reason that I think we eat for years, I remember as a kid, we ate dried fruit on Tubishvat is because fresh fruit isn't as available at that sweet level. So you have the dried fruit and it's great to have the dried fruit. If you if you have too much regular, you can even make your own dried fruit at home. We make um, we have a dehydrator. My sister's a raw foodie. You should have her on the show. Oh, I would love She's that. She's a genius about raw food. And shout uh, out to Dr. Morris Gold, who's got one of those dehydrators, and I learned with, and I played backgammon with, and such a shout out to Morris Gold. We make we make in the sum in the winter. We make homemade fruit leather for the kids. They go crazy from it. That's amazing. I would love to learn. Hi, we need to do a, a, a lesson on. Uh, Fruits, fruits, dried right. fruits. 
This has been an incredible show celebrating wine and fruit and nuts from Eretz Israel. We had uh, Russell Robinson from uh, the JNF on talking to us about tree planting in Eretz Israel and how important that is and all the important work they have done and will be continuing to do. Uh, Jay Booksbaum from Royal Wines, Chaya Frischman from Fruit Platters and More. Uh, Chaya's uh, website or phone number is? Uh, fruitplattersandmore.com. It's one word, not ampersand. It's A-N-D or 718-471-3223. Um, if you need any fruit or sorbet or soup, or soup. Or soup. now's the winter. We have some wicked, wicked good soup. I just made actually an artichoke soup that was fabulous. And That's I just, can I, okay, we'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> We're going to have to save that for our next show, okay. Jay. Our time is up. Thank you so much for listening. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. Hot Golan Meats, we taste better. Thank you for listening. We have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem right up until Lech Benching. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. <laughs>